Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walter Show. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, we start this program with good news, try to end with good news. Actually, I try to start with good news. It's not always that easy. But the good news today is that we do win in the end. If you are faithful unto the end, what does Scripture say? He who endures to the end shall be saved. So what's the flip side of that? What's the converse? If you don't endure, if you can't endure to the end, you're not. To which I would say, yikes. So we really only have one option to endure. Don't get too discouraged by what's going on. Bury yourself in the word of God. Strengthen yourself. Uh, David did that. You know, he, he preached to himself, actually. I always kind of like that. He said he strengthened himself and the Lord. He did his, what he did, he just reminded himself of what God has said and what God has done. And you and I should be no different. Having said that, um, having done all to stand, to stand therefore, is what we're called to do. And I look at these news stories each uh, week, trying to decide what do I bring to you? You're sort of a congregation of sorts. Not to be confused with the Sunday morning with Robin Walter program, which I hope many of you are getting. And if you're not, or you're not on a station that is airing it, you can get it online. You can email me. I can send you a blast, put you on a blast email list, uh, redskyradio777 at gmail.com. Redskyradio777 at gmail.com. And I can put you on the blast list for either one of these programs, actually, or you can just type in Robin Walter's show on any of your podcast platforms that you use, um, or go to Rumble, which has uh, now become our favorite, uh, rumble.com, type in the Robin Walter's show, and you're going to actually get both programs under that entry, the Robin Walter show, the one you're listening to now, and then Sunday morning with Robin Walter. How do you know the difference? This program uh, I'm wearing a cowboy hat. And for the Sunday morning program, you will see an open Bible. That's your clue. Well, we are going to start today with the state of New York, which I very seldom ever talk about. And there's a reason. With all due respect to the many good people in New York, you're in a minority. You're in a distinct minority. I'm not, I have no doubt that upstate New York is beautiful and the, what is it, the Catskills, I think, and um, in the northern part of the state, uh, it's kind of, sounds like it's kind of like where I grew up in um, in Michigan, kind of the same latitude with uh, the fruits and the trees and the farmland and all that stuff. Obviously, as you go farther south, uh, spiritually, it goes south, and the fact is, Unfortunately, the good people in New York are in the minority. Distinct minority when you get to New York City. And 
if you're in New York City listening to this, you just have to understand I am from a little farm town. And uh, my grandpa had a farm. We kept the farm in our family actually until my young adulthood. We didn't really farm it after my grandpa died, but those are my roots. And uh, I'm not a big city guy. I would be as lost as, who was it, John Voight, I think, way back in Midnight Cowboy. That would be I in uh, New York City. I've been there three or four times. Never liked it. I, I get urban claustrophobia. I just can't stand being surrounded by 10 million of my uh, closest friends. Um, I just, it's a struggle. But the city has been on a fast track to hell for a long time. And it just keeps getting worse. And I do want to talk a bit today about the judgment against Donald Trump. We're going to start with that because it's important for you to hear a few things I want to share and why am I bringing this up? Is it about Donald Trump? Well, yes, but not entirely, and not maybe ultimately. It really and ultimately deals with the fact that if they can do it to him, they can do it to you, and they can do it to me. They don't like you politically. They'll just make up something and come come after you. Get it. Get before some libtard left-wing judge and get some some racist attorney general like Letitia James, what a hack she is. People in New York should be embarrassed, if for no other reason than the people they elect, especially down in New York City. Now, you've got some good people, and you've got Elise Stefanik, and there's some others which I could name which are very good. They're, as I said before, they're just simply in the minority. So you got all those who hate Trump, the diehard Democrats, uh, the never-Trumpers. And so they have just gone on a full-scale attack against Donald Trump because he represents... Uh, you know, it's actually difficult for me to identify why they don't like him. I, if it's personality only, I get it. He's rough on the edges. Sometimes he can be very... Actually, very charming. I've heard how he's interacted with people in, behind closed doors. He's ever bit the gentleman. He's just sort of a, uh, he, he's a bull in a china shop on the outside sometimes. But sometimes the china's garbage and it needs to be busted. And you need the bull in the china shop. For everybody who who doesn't vote for him just because he is not as likable as you'd like, um, you shouldn't even be voting. You are fundamentally mentally unqualified to vote. If that's the main reason you don't vote for somebody or you do vote for somebody like the party that um, I knew that uh, I couldn't believe based on their Christian witness and all the things they said when she told me that she voted for B.O., Barack Hussein Obama. I said, why? Oh, I just like the way he talks and handles himself. And I want to say, so you don't object to the fact that he hates Jews. He's a pro, pro-Muslim to a fault because he says he is. Uh, that he loves to uh, loves abortion. Is fine with queer sex. 
homosexuality, sodomy, queer marriage, tranny, the whole night. So you don't base anything on electing a president based on the policies? You're stuck on personality over policy? You, you really shouldn't be voting. You should not be You're like a four-year-old with a loaded gun. You have no business pulling the lever for anybody if your criteria is such is so floozy, flim-flam way of thinking. And when the polls say that Trump is leading 48 to 44 over Biden or whatever, I'm not encouraged by that because you can steal and cheat your way uh, over and above the 4% differential, which they did before, and they'll do it again or attempt to do it again. But my biggest concern is that there's still 44, if that's if those numbers are real, that there's 44% of the people who still support Joe, no brains, no morals, no guts, no cojones, Biden? Seriously? The worst president in the history of the United States, and he's still got 44% of the support? We're toast. We're screwed. If that's the case, I mean, you get down to Generation Z. I know some. I love them. But overall, Generation Z is turning around. The Z stands for zero because, what, 70-some percent of them? Uh, or it's over half. It's not 70-some percent support socialism. They can spell it, but they have no idea what it is. Over half of them say they don't really like America. And I could go on and on. The lousy education system we've got. We are in a world of hurt. But I want to pick on New York for a particular reason. Because, as I said, if it happened to Trump and they get away with it, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. And if it can happen in New York, it can happen in Illinois and California and Oregon and Washington, and Hawaii, which is brain-dead as a state, and then Massachusetts, and New Jersey, and the list keeps growing each election cycle with the states for whom the majority of the people are stuck on stupid. They really are. So the judge's ruling here that Trump's uh, was guilty of fraud and, of course, the $355 million he supposedly owes the state of New York and, or New York City, and he's prohibited from doing business in New York for three years. Now, there's some things here that need to be pointed out because this is Banana Republic. And it's actually Rotten Banana Republic. The judge Arthur Engeron, who is in in search of a brain and a heart, he has neither. What a nerd! This this is the most worthless, biased judge. Ridiculously partial. Ridiculously biased. He is a Democratic hack. So, to understand. 
People think, oh my gosh, there's $355 million of damages. What? No, wait a second. Understand, in this trial, well, it wasn't really a trial because he wouldn't let he wouldn't let Trump speak half the time, and he wouldn't let him speak when he was out of the court on some things. This judge needs to be disbarred, and frankly, he deserves life in prison. And let him deal with, uh, well, whatever. That's where he belongs. But understand, this case, there were no victims. None. There was no victim continuing to be victimized by Donald Trump's actions in this case. No one, zero, no one said that they ever suffered a loss as a result of Donald Trump's actions. There was no institution that loaned Trump money that didn't get paid back. And there was no one, zero number of people who said they would never do business with Trump. No, the fact of the matter is everyone did and still wants to do business with him. He was known as a whale, meaning a big capture, a big fish, to the lending institutions. Yeah, they wanted to do business with him. Everybody wanted to do business with him. He was a great credit risk. He paid his loans back. He didn't get unduly favorable rates. The judge, a mindless idiot that he is, simply determined on his own, without a jury trial, that Trump defrauded the banks by supposedly inflating the value of his properties. Now, I'm going to quote um, Mr. Turley here. He's a, an attorney who weighs in on a lot of Jonathan Turley on a lot of these things. But he said here, many businesses are likely wondering, but for the grace of God, go I. And, and I'm going to interject here. The problem is they contend that he intentionally overvalued the, the properties to get the loans. Never mind that the loans never default. He never defaulted. Paid everything back, always. Everybody, he's a perfect customer for the bank. Good loan, decent return to the bank, zero defaults. Charlie says, undervaluing or overvaluing property is a common practice, particularly in real estate. I just want to stop there again. I have done loans or sought loans where I have to list my assets and for whatever real estate I have, I've had to list a value on it. I don't know what the value is exactly. I don't go get, in getting one loan, I didn't go out and have my properties all appraised so that to the penny, to the appraised penny on the application. So did I lie? No. But it's there's a range. High reasonable, low reasonable. It's a reasonable value. And I'd put it where I thought it was worth. And it could have been high, could have been low. But you know what? It was like anything else. It's there for general information. It's not the thing upon which the loan is ultimately made. And the Trump Corporation, like everyone else who is honest, provided a warning that the estimates contained in this application are their own and that the bank needs to make their own assessments as to value. So Engoron, 
ruling from a bench just after he'd had a frontal lobotomy, the real estate community just about hurled when he ruled unilaterally. He doesn't know jack squat crap diddly. He wouldn't be a judge if he knew as much about real estate investing as he thinks he knows. But he said Mar-a-Lago was worth $20 million. Let No, less than $20 million. Real estate experts confirmed, without any second thought or hesitation, the, clo- the better value for Mar-a-Lago would be $500 million for Mar-a-Lago. But Engron stuck to his personal assessment about real estate sitting on his skinny little rear end in a court in New York who doesn't know jack squat crap diddly about Florida real estate. And I uh, hope he would get a New Yorker's welcome if he ever moves down there. So the town is overrun with crime taxes, you name it. Manhattan is becoming a mess. So there's this concern about businesses leaving after a judge pulls out a fine. You see, there were no damages. None. Zero. Zero damages. It's just a fine. And he made it up. He's just making up stuff. He pulls it out of his rear, I guess. I don't know where he gets it. But that's how much he hates Donald Trump. Now, the other businesses in New York are shaken. They say, oh my gosh, if he can do the Trump, he might come after us. So another loser of high profile in the not-so-great state of New York, Kathy Hochul, horrible governor, horrible. The alarm is spreading through the city. But then what did she do? She said, quote, quote, business people have nothing to worry about because they are very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. Listen to this. How would she, first of all, how would she even know what anybody else's behavior is because she's not investigating them? Because they are not Kathy Hochul's target. They're not Letitia James' target. So you're safe because you're not Donald Trump. That's all that comes down to. But I love it when Democrats are so stinking stupid that they actually give away their strategy. This moron of a governor does not even realize what she just admitted. She let the cat out of the out of the bag. Horse out of the barn, whatever. I don't know if I got my metaphors right. Anyway, she just said, "Oh, we're, we're not coming after you're not like him. We're just after him. But you're not I don't know you from Adam. I don't know you from Eve, but we just know and assume that that you're not like Donald Trump." But we're also going to assume without evidence, without any proof, that Donald Trump is not like you guys because we just hate his guts. Turley says, and I quote, This sounds a lot like you're fine so long as you are not Trump. Yet that is not reassuring to businesses who want a legal system that's based on something other than a selective and arbitrary enforcement. For in fact, Attorney General Letitia James campaigned on the promise of bagging Trump 
without even bothering to name one single possible offense. Is this what people want to do business, to have some something like this occur? Where they can't plan their affairs because some democrat with arbitrary dictatorial powers just says, I'm going to find you because I hate your sorry rear end. And we don't want you doing business here, so we're going to prohibit you from doing business. Trump needs to just clear out of New York and let that place burn. Who gives a rat's rear end? I don't. I'm sorry. When a city is this bad, and it can only be this bad if the people there are electing people this bad. Don't blame it all on the politicians. But then for James to go out and telling businesses, whatever you do, just don't be like Trump. Is that supposed to be consoling? I mean, New York's the face of corporate law. It's supposed to be where you can go and, and you have a strict regulatory environment where you're going to get a fair deal. That's why so many businesses are there, not because they want to go to some show on Fifth Avenue or, or at Broadway. Who cares? I don't. But it, that's not why they're there. It's because of the stability. It's been considered a premier jurisdiction for corporate and tax law. Not anymore. It's a rogue, stinky, smelly banana republic unto itself, and I hope the city goes belly up with businesses leaving. Just get out of New York City. You don't have to go to Florida. I don't really want Florida filled with New York businesses, personally. Just get out. Go someplace and let these morons just wallow and, and high-five each other over a bankrupt city that they just committed civic suicide. And they deserve it. Here's one writer who says, Many of us have been critical of the ruling of Manhattan Supreme Court Justice Arthur Engeron, who imposed the astronomical fine despite finding that Trump's victims not only did not lose a single dollar, but in fact made handsome profits. Indeed, these banks testified that they wanted to continue to do business with Trump, but Engeron is now barring them from doing so. Engeron's ruling has been met with a level of unrestrained celebration by many in New York that has bordered on indecent. Attorney General Letitia James declared not only that Trump would be barred from doing business in New York for three years, but that the damages would come to roughly $460 million once interest is included. You know, Trump, sell, default, and let, you know what, this is going to cost New York, if he ever could pay this, a lot more than $460 million. All the empty buildings. Oh, that's right, we can fill them up with illegal aliens. There's an idea, you're already doing that. They're high-fiving each other over a miscarriage of justice with a kangaroo court goon and the goon squad to nail them. Oh. Well, Turley went on to conclude that Engeron's decision is grotesque. It should shock the conscience of any judge on appeal, even if the Democrat-appointed judges on the New York Court of Appeals were to ignore the obvious inequity and unfairness the United States Supreme Court could intervene. Not necessarily will, but could. So could this happen to you? 
Could, I mean, it could have happened to your state as the states get taken over by the leftists who know no rule of law. Law to them is just whatever is on their mind. Whatever they decide they want to do constitutes law. You see, it says in Scripture that the law is made for the lawless. Right? That's what it says. I think it's in uh, I think it's in Ephesians, Philippians, one of the epistles. And then Apostle Paul lists all the things that are lawless, from murder and kidnapping and homosexual sex and and all all these things that are law that are illegal. Law was made to deal with lawlessness. But when the law is used to punish the law-abiding, then the obligation to obey the authorities under Romans 13 is null and void. Nix. Eh. All right. Wayne Root. I love this guy. Hope to meet him someday. He's out of Las Vegas. He writes, New York City has just committed financial suicide. New York City has become now the cesspool of mental illness, wokeness, communism, and hatred towards the conservatives and patriots. Yet even worse, the Democrat politicians of New York suffer from Trump derangement syndrome. And as a result, they've weaponized New York government against President Trump in a way that represents a combination of the following. The Soviet KGP, the East German Stasi, and then a Nazi Gestapo. Today it's Trump. Tomorrow it's you and I. New York City has to be the place where it stops. You know, this is a city that guarantees... Well, no, no, I'm jumping ahead here. I, I, I want to say that this is important because it may spread. What I hope is that they have sown the seeds of their own destruction. And I might add, I was talking to a party the other day. He generally likes Trump's policies, doesn't like the guy, and he may go with RFK Jr. And I said it's a wasted vote, but it's worse than a wasted vote because any Trump vote that's not for Trump is actually a vote against America. He's not our savior. Don't get me wrong. He's got his problems, his sins. He's got his ego, his narcissism. But he does love this country without a fault. You see, Donald Trump isn't running for office to get rich. That's Nikki Haley's job. She's running for office to get book deals and and talk show jobs and and maybe a a, a reporter position with some of the left-wing alphabet networks. She's running to make money. Trump is using his money to run. And if, it's, and if it costs him all this, will he survive it? I want to tell you about an idea I have. And I would like you to write me, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, or maybe just a thumbs up. People the thumbs down, most people don't want to write and say they disagree. But redskyradio777 at gmail.com. I have said before, Donald Trump needs to be humbled. Otherwise, he will not fulfill the role of Nebuchadnezzar which is the paradigm from the Old Testament, somebody who's great, big, and powerful, but he doesn't take, uh, he takes the glory unto himself, and Nebuchadnezzar is narcissistic, and God humbled him, and he ended up eating grass and, wa- and going around on all fours for seven years until he repented 
and then God restored his kingdom. If this is the humbling that Donald Trump needs, then so be it. He needs to learn that he can't do it on his own. He is not that good or that he needs you. He needs me. He needs a lot of people. And this is what I thought. Tell me what you think of this idea. I want to start a pack called Save the Republic. Save the Republic. And all anybody has to do is commit $10,000? No. $10,000 or $1,000? No. If everybody made a one-time gift, one-time gift, and the pack will never, ever ask any donor for more money, certainly they could give more if they'd like, but will never ask them for anything more than their $100 contribution. Would you spend 100 bucks to save the republic? Because if he goes down, and he goes down because of all these frivolous lawsuits, false civil and criminal trials, because they don't like him, because he's not a globalist, that's where he differs. That's where he and Ramaswamy differ from any, everybody else really on stage, with maybe the exception of DeSantis. If everybody did that, Donald would be humbled. He'd realize he really needs everybody's $100 bill. And I think he would amass something far greater than $355 million. Don't go away. We are not done. This is Robin Walder and The Robin Walder Show. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. Too many teardrops for one heart. We are back, and I'm not shedding any teardrops for New York City. You know, um, probably three months ago, I listed all the companies that I was boycotting because they're just simply on the tranny wagon, the queer wagon. Ridiculous. Now, some of these aren't companies I used anyway. So it's like, I mean, I don't drink beer. So I, you know, uh, boycotting Tranheiser Bush is not a big deal. But there's Fox News, Target, Kohl's, PetSmart. I now boycott Chick-fil-A, and I don't want to get into it. I'm just listening, giving you the list that I gave you before. Starbucks, General Motors, State Farm, Walmart, uh, Taylor Swift, she makes me hurl. Sesame Street, not that I was a big fan of it, but the NFL, the MLB, except for the Texas Rangers, they're the only 
major league baseball team I like anymore, and I'm from Michigan, the Rangers. And their spring training camp is about 25 miles from me, and I'm going to go see those boys. Kellogg's, Bank of America, the Girl Scouts, Cracker Barrel, Ben and Jerry's, North Face, Macy's, Mattel, and PayPal. Now, I'm adding one thing to boycott, New York City. I don't have a city on this list until today. I don't want to go to New York City. If God told me, if, if there was some note left on my kitchen table and I got up in the morning and I said, I'm sending you to New York City, sign, love God. Would I do it? Yes, of course I would. Boy, it would almost have to be that, though. Well, something pretty close. That's how much I wouldn't want to go. So the mentality of this sanctuary city, I'm going to keep beating on New York here because, again, it's simply at the head of the, of the pack on the way to hell. Quickly, loosely, but, well, I'm not loosely, closely followed by now Chicago and L.A. But they're, they're war zones. The Joe Biden, Ali Ali Oxen, all in free. The illegal aliens that are running over parts of this country are unbelievable, posing as asylum seekers. We have cities that are now war zones. Take the Venezuelan gang. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Tren de Aragua. Known for torturing their victims. That's their claim to fame. They torture the victims. They set up business in New York City. The gang members will recruit migrants from shelters. They get them off from the buses. They put them to work in retail theft rings on mopeds, grabbing phones and handbags, and roughing up the pedestrians. And I am quoting here from a commentary from WorldNet Daily. This is, quote, this is organized crime. It's just like the mafia, says Paul Paul Como. If I were Italian, it would come a little easier. Who is president of the New York City Detectives Endowment Association. NYPD Commissioner Edward Cohen, Cabin, warns of a wave of migrant crime. While Kathy Hochul, we're talking about her earlier, she claims the migrants, they're just all here looking for a better life. Well, yeah, better life. Run, grab, steal, loot, don't work, and then live in a government-paid shelter and get $64 a day for meals, all paid by the taxpayers. You see, New York, if enough businesses exited the city, not the state, but the city, the city wouldn't be able to pay for this crapola that they're big, big fans of the, of the migrants. New York City controller Brad Lander accuses Cabin of fear-mongering. And he said, "You're just that's just a Republican talking point. So you've got two sides here. You've got the politicians saying one thing and the various police associations saying something else. So I would ask you a very simple question. Who would you believe, the cops or the politicians? So these migrants go around on mopeds, the retail theft rings, some now have guns. It wouldn't matter if guns were outlawed. They'd still get them. How, how hard, when you can walk across the border, how hard is it to bring 
a firearm across the border. Not too hard. But now they are in New Jersey, and they are in California. So here's one of their schemes. I'm going to just read this. So you have two-man teams. They snatch a pedestrian's phone, then deliver them to the Trend Aragua stash houses where professional hackers then make fraudulent banking transactions and drain the cash from the accounts. Then the phones are wiped clean and sent to South America for resale. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the, the video of the 62-year-old woman being dragged down a Brooklyn street by one of these moped thieves trying to make off with her purse. I read one writer here says, it's, it's so bad now, when you're new, if you see a moped, get away, step back from the curb, hug a building, do something that normally you'd only need in a third world city. But now you need it in New York City. And increasingly Chicago and L.A. because they're going there for the climate and all the freebies because you can steal to your heart's content in California up to, I think, $969, and it's just a misdemeanor. No jail time, no release, no bail. No bail, no jail, and they're just gone. That's why they have all the smash and grabs there. Well, not all of them there. Here's a shopper to J.D. Sports near Times Square. He's shot by a 15-year-old illegal, 15 years old, Jesus Alejandro Rivas Figueroa. So the security guard tries to stop him from robbing the store, and Figueroa whips out a forty-five caliber gun, shoots into the crowd. And the te- this guy's been living in the Stratford Hotel, a city shelter put up by the city at their expense with his mother. He goes to school. Uh, but he missed a day uh, the week before because he was busy committing a robbery in the Bronx. Chicago is terrorized. The malls, you get out. I don't know how many of you have been to Oak Brook, Illinois. I know that town from a long time ago, but it hasn't changed much in the sense until recently that it's very upscale. But the migrants just go over there. They don't care. They don't even know where Oak Brook is, but... Some criminal masterminds lead them there, and they just rob the place blind. The South American gangs here, quoting, are turning suburban malls into danger zones and explains retired Riverside, Illinois, police chief Tom Wetzel. You're at one of the suburban malls pushing your kids in a stroller. You can get caught in this violence. Paul Morrow, a retired inspector for NYPD, says, the claim that Venezuela, now listen to this, The claim that Venezuela is emptying its prisons and sending them to the U.S. is accurate. But Joe Biden is also, I mean, his open borders, soft on crime. He's at at the bottom of this. And then Hochul has another little tease for these people to come. She guarantees asylum seekers cash welfare benefits. Now, she has to because federal law bars the state and local taxpayers to have to foot the entire bill. So I guess it falls on the state or the city in this particular case. It's bad. And New York City is court-mandated to guarantee shelter to everyone. It's the network of thieves, as they say. 
So that includes certainly the migrants who beat up the two cops at Times Square on January 27th, who had a string of previous arrests, but they're living in shelters paid for by the taxpayers. And there are other cities that have these arrangements. They just haven't been pressed to the max and over the top like New York is. I like where the World Net Daily finished this. They said, the Statue of Liberty says, give me your tired, your poor. It does not say your lawbreakers, your brutes, and your gang leaders. So what's Joe doing about it? Well, the Biden administration claims they're going to take real action, and we're going to do it without Congress to stop this migrant flow. Yeah, Joe, let in $7 million and then open your eyes and see what you've done. What a bonehead. What an absolute idiotic, moronic, so-called president. Am I judging him? No, I'm simply speaking the truth. So they're trying to put together this effort to lower the number of migrants from crossing the southern border illegally as immigration remains the top issue for voters heading into the 2024 election. You see what this is, is it's simply election posturing. Biden could not have given a rat's rear end about this issue until even this brain-dead chief of state is informed and is convinced that it is a top issue for voters. And only when it becomes a top issue for voters does he decide it's time to do something to save his sorry butt in the election. (sighs) Under these policies, the asylum, asylum officers are now instructed to raise the standards they use to determine if there is a credible fear. So if you go at credible fears in quotes, credible fear is what you have to say to be let in based on asylum, uh, for asylum purposes. But they, they're not doing it. They're just giving them a pass. They're just coming in. You see, all Joe Joey No Brains is doing here is proposing proposing to do some of what he's compelled to do under the U.S. Constitution. Says here, a congressional aide with knowledge of the deliberation said the Biden administration is yet to make a decision about exactly what they're going to do, but raising the bar on asylum and deporting more newly arrived migrants are considered low-hanging fruit and actions that they can be taken quickly. Well, if they can be taken quickly, then why haven't you done it? And if it can be taken quickly, why, Joey No Brains, did you have to go to Congress to ask for more money, most of which was going to go to Ukraine? I will tell you, there, you know politics is a compound word. And it applies to many, not all, many politicians. Poly means many. And ticks are a blood-sucking insect. That's what you got here. Joe Biden doesn't give a rip about this country. He just wants, he just wants all the perks. He's never worked an honest day in his life. He's been in politics. He's been sucking out of a government trough his whole stinking life. I shouldn't want term limits, but I do. We got him for president. Why not have him for Congress? Maybe they'll actually be able to say what they need to say without fear of getting voted out because they're going out anyway.
How much do they do? How much do they say? And how much do they spend just to stay in office? Think I'm cynical? Well, I'm getting there. It's not the way we were formed to be. It was an honor to serve 200 years ago, and it was honor to then step down and turn it over to another party to do their service to the country. You know, public servants, not public masters. Joey is only proposing. Joey wanted money to do that which he was commanded to do. He's trying to broker a deal with Congress to do that which the Constitution compels that he's supposed to do. It's, it's, un, it's just unbelievable. In a statement uh, from the White House, they said, the administration has spent months negotiating in good faith to deliver the toughest and fairest bipartisan border security bill in de- de- decades by congressional Republicans. Those anti-democratic people, I'm throwing that in there, choose to put partisan politics ahead of our national security. No executive action, no matter how aggressive, can deliver the significant policy reforms and additional resources that Congress can provide. Okay, let's stop right there. What does Congress need to provide? The funds are all there. So let me ask you, what did Donald Trump do without the extra funds? He built. He started to build the wall. The funds were there. Joe spent it on something else, probably ice cream, while he's busy trying to molest some 12-year-old girl by sniffing her hair and rubbing her shoulders. Where'd that money go? I'll tell you where it went. It went to tear down part of the wall that Trump had built. So they're just, we've got the street gangs, we've got the mopeds, they're breaking into people's houses in different places. They're breaking into schools. And 44% of the people still say they would vote for Joe Biden. <sighs> I read this a few weeks ago, but it bears repeating. One out of every three Biden supporters is just as stupid as the other two. But I've got a serious question to ask you here. Let's suppose you're in your home, getting ready to have supper, what have you. And down the street come 10, 50, 500, 5,000 illegals smashing doors, breaking in like they're doing in various places. A couple of schools, they've had to lock the doors and then they end up closing the schools because it wasn't safe because the illegals are trying to break in. And people just think because it hasn't happened near them, it doesn't exist. Not in my backyard, the old NIMBY thing. It's not going to have any application that they come walking down your street. And as they keep getting, where do 7 million go? We can't all fit into L.A., Chicago, New York. There's that little town, what, I think Whitehorse or White House, White House, Wisconsin. I think it's under 15,000 people, and they've had one to 2,000 illegals dumped into their community. They don't have the resources. They don't have the cops to handle the crime, the theft. Joe Biden and the people who are handling him, his handlers, you need to understand, he is stupid. He has no brains. We know that. 
And if you found one, you'd only find it by way of a rectal exam. But understand, the people behind him, the, the puppeteers that are pulling the strings, are not stupid. The Barack Obama. I wore, you know what, I wore a shirt the other day. It went to a very conservative, good old boy, outdoor, barbecue, country western band playing. Great food. The waitresses were wearing T-shirts. Not all of them. Well, it sounds like some of them didn't have anything on. I didn't mean it that way. They're all wearing something. Let me clear that up right away before you get too excited. And you write me wanting to know where this restaurant is. But some of them were wearing a T-shirt that said, Let's go, Brandon. That's a waitress. So that kind of tells you, and they're really big on military. Veterans get discounts. Combat veterans get preferred parking places. And I'll give you a clue. It's not Texas Roadhouse, because Texas Roadhouse does that also. One of my other favorite restaurants. So what did I wear there? I wore a shirt that said, Impeach Obama. And people looked at me kind of funny, and they said, isn't that a little out of date? And my response was, who do you think is pulling the strings on Biden? Who has the access, who would have more access to Biden than Barack Hussein Obama, other than Biden's wife, Jill, who is dumb as a fence post and really would offer nothing? She just runs around demanding to be called Dr. Dr. Jill. Well, it's Obama. I said, no, he still needs to be impeached because he still has his hand in running things. But back to my question, a sobering question with which to end this program. What are you going to do if, when, that mob comes down the street? And it doesn't have to be 500 or 5,000. It doesn't have to be 50. How many young men, men, some of them armed, many of them criminals. I read the criminal list of three, of just three uh, in Texas last week. Most of them were a sexual assault against minor girls. How many of those guys would you really need to terrorize your neighborhood? before everybody just tried to lock their doors and hope and beg that they wouldn't break a window and come in, or if they did, they would just turn over whatever they wanted. Well, let me ask you, you going to turn over your 14-year-old daughter? You're going to turn over your life savings? Or whatever you got saved in the house? Some cash, which everybody should have some cash available. What are you going to do? And I'm going to tell you, their command comes actually from Scripture. When they asked Jesus uh, about, um, you know, bearing arms, Jesus said, what did he say? Sell your cloak and buy a sword. Sell your cloak and buy a sword. And, extra, and a cloak was one of two garments. But one, sell one of your garments, as necessary as it may seem to be, and have something with which you can defend yourself. Jesus was not talking about the sword of the Spirit. All the left-wing loser pastors that claim that 
don't seem to want to read the very next sentence because one of the apostles said to Jesus, well, here are two with swords. Jesus said what? Well, that's enough. How many swords can you handle? You got two hands. Two is enough. So obviously he's not talking about the sword of the Spirit here. He's talking about physical swords. To go out and slay your thousands with the tip of a spear and a bloodlet? No, of course not. They were there for the purposes of self-defense. So what are you going to do? I have been, I'm probably one of the biggest fans of this. Well, I can't say that. I know a lot of people are just as big a fan of the Second Amendment as I am. You need to be able to defend yourself. And I'll give you another scripture to end this with, because this is actually good news. To free you up from any measure of guilt for having firearms, and if necessary, having to use it. The word says that he who does not provide for his own is worse than an infidel. Worse. You're worse than an unbeliever. Yikes. You take somebody who's supposedly a Christian and they do not provide for their own household is actually worse off than an an unbeliever, an unsaved person. Well, you provide shoes for the kids and shelter. You got a roof over their head and heat and air and clothing and food. But you would do nothing to protect their lives if necessary. People say, well, I'm just going to rely on the Lord. Don't cop out with me. Jesus wouldn't have said to take a sword if you didn't need a sword. I'm encouraging you, while you still can, to obtain a firearm legally. At least at this point, maybe the day comes when you have to do it illegal. Depends just how Nazi-like the country gets. But right now, I can, I'm not telling you to get it illegally. You get it legally. You learn how to use it. You take a firearms training class. You know how to load it properly, how to clean it. Maybe like I had to do in the military, take my, take my M16 apart and put it back together. And then I think we, I don't remember. It seemed like we had to practice that in the dark. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm making it up now. But no, I had to take the gun apart and put it back together. I'm not saying you have to do that. But how to use it, how to learn how to use it, and then be able to provide for the adult children who could handle this responsibility their own firearm. And then be sure that you have sufficient amount of ammunition. You you knew, it, it's, to me, it's sort of like, well, what do you need here? Well, we need some milk, and we need some bread, and we need some butter. And for me... Uh, black raspberry or uh, jam, uh, blueberry jam. But anyway, wherever that list ends, oh, yeah, and we need some toilet paper and we need some canned beans. But wherever that list ends, it's not complete, in my opinion, just my personal opinion here, but I think I have the voice of the Lord because it's coming from Scripture that you also need to be armed, trained, And frankly, dangerous towards those who would do you harm or your son or your daughter or your wife or your husband. You've been prepared. Here's a warning. Watchmen on the wall, they're coming. Be ready. 
then sit tall in the saddle, America. Always sit tall in the saddle. You ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.